Good morning and welcome to the Thundergrads podcast. We are live in the 405 on this Monday afternoon recording at 12.20 p.m. Central. And I am your host, Michael Martin, for today. And I am joined, as always, by Mr. Miles Hartman. Miles, how are we doing? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you doing today, bro? Doing all right. I mean, we got some more Thunder games. Um, we'll only talk about this for a little bit. There's not a big a bunch of big takeaways, but the Thunder got smacked by the Houston Rockets. Yeah. That was that was tough to see. That's not what you like to see. I mean, but that just seemed like to me one of those games where, well, before I get to that, both of us picked the Thunder in that one. We were more off than an Andre Robertson three on that one. That was just not even close. I hate to see it, man. We're like, hey, we think they have a really good chance to win this. We're gonna pick them to win this, and then they lose by like thirty. But it's also also you have to understand how elite Christian Wood is. <laughs> like, bro had a double double against us and was doing it all on the floor last, uh, not last night, last week. And at six ten, he's athletic, can run the floor, great rim protector, and knows how to knock down shots if you leave him open. He's truly a special talent to watch. Yeah, and on top of that, it just felt like one of those games. You get like four or five of those a year where just almost no matter what you do, you can't win because they're gonna they hit a bunch of shots and the Thunder were just off. And also the two first rookies that both these teams drafted and Josh Giddy and Jalen Green. They didn't really perform to their expectations, so we'll call this battle of the JGs a draw from now. Thunder win, though, in the tank war, though. Get another loss, get higher in the standings. But more importantly, the Thunder played yesterday on Sunday, 6 p.m. against the Philadelphia 76ers. What was your biggest takeaway from the game, Miles? Man, let me start by saying Seth Curry shot the lights out last night. You have 24 in the first quarter. My man's was a problem. He had 28, 3 and 3, 23 of his points were in the first quarter alone, going 6 for 7 from the three-point line and I mean the basket was just wide for but my guy. Last- Still the basket was just wide for my yeah. guy last night. It was crazy. But as far as the Thunder though, the starting five, they actually played played pretty solid, not going to lie. SGA dropped 29, 8 and 6. Josh Giddy dropped 19 and 8. Dort added 13. So it was really no complaints from the core for me um, on this team. But my issue, though, is has to be with the bench. I saw little to no production from the second unit. It was guys who didn't even get in the double figures, though. But shout-out to Kenrich, Kenrich Williams and Mike Muscala, though. They definitely were a big piece as far as keeping the Thunder going, keeping the, the Thunder involved in this game. And by they did that by knocking down shots and defended on the defensive end and just be, playing overall aggressive. No, they did what they're supposed to, those mm-hmm. vets. I would say my biggest takeaway is just that Shea finally looked like Shea again yeah. for the first time this year. He looked so much more fluid and comfortable than he did against Houston or Utah. You know, seven months off before he came back. We've talked about that a lot, but it's still important to mention. I mean, if you do if you stop doing anything for 7 months and then come back and do it, you're going to be rusty. But he had 29-8 with 6 rebounds, like you mentioned, but more importantly, 10 of 12 from the line, you know, getting back to his game last year where he led the NBA in drives, you know, constantly putting pressure on the rim and getting the line for those easy points. It was nice to see Shea get back out there and look like himself because some people were Making some whispers that, you know, Shea's not that good, this and that, but we know. We, we, we know. We know. We understand that SGA is that dude, so it's just great, great to see him coming back to his, his old self moving forward. No, but it was nice. Um, I really liked some of the smaller things. Um, 
like I've mentioned before, just having Baisley take more guys off the dribble and just go straight at them. He even tried Joel Embiid, which that was a brave attempt. You got to have some balls to do that against <laughs> Joel Embiid. He got it sent, but that's not the, it's that's all right, not the though. point. It's all right, though. The fact that he wanted to do that. Yeah, enough confidence. Um, but, yeah, he was getting in there. I think he had three or four dunks in the game, but just being aggressive, playing his game, stepping away from the three-point line a little bit. And then Josh Giddy, he has guaranteed like three or four passes a game where you're like, I don't know how he saw that or why he threw that, but it was a laser to the guy, and he gets an easy assist. Lou Dort was, you know, being Lou, Lou Dort, Dort. you know. Lou Dort. <laughs> he, he, you know, we talked about Seth Curry. He kind of locked it up the rest of the game, which that's what Lou Dort's here for. And then on top of that, just some of the other things, one thing that stood out to me, it was just some of the minutes distribution thing, which it's still early in the season, but Isaiah Roby got zero minutes, Miles. Did not play. Poku only gets seven minutes. Uh, Trey Mann gets 10. Teo Maladon gets 13. JRE gets 14. All of the starters, except for Favors, played over 30 minutes. Which, those guys played really well, so you want to play them minutes, but it's kind of difficult because you have so many mouths to feed on this roster. Like, I just mentioned those guys who only played single-digit minutes, and then JR, uh, and then Roby, who was the starting center for a lot of times last year, zero. Well, I mean, maybe maybe we probably don't know that Daynault wants to have a seven- to eight-man rotation where he has guys that are able to play big minutes and just – come in and whenever they need it to and fulfill their role for this Thunder team. So maybe Dana wants to keep with a maybe wants to keep with a small rotation. So Yeah, when you have too many guys in there, it's harder for guys to get I don't know, settled into their role and get comfortable because it's not easy even if you are let's say you're a really good shooter. Let's say you are Mike Muscala and you play 5 minutes a game. It's hard to get in rhythm doing that. So I think Dignall even said in the post game because somebody asked about Poku and I think he mentioned that it's kind of hard to find a lot of minutes for these guys, especially when the G League season for the Blue has not started yet. But I'm anticipating a lot of those guys getting major minutes down there, which is, you know, no big deal. It'll be good to develop them because regardless if it's in the NBA or the G League, a lot of these guys on the Thunder roster just need reps. Right, and that's what I feel like a lot of guys need is just – being a, being able to step on the floor at any given point and being comfortable. That's yeah. all that's important, just to see them grow as the season progresses and showcasing that, you know, I can be a key piece on this roster. Well, I mean, go back and watch Trey Mann in Summer League and then go watch him last night. Like, he just looks so much more comfortable in getting his shot off and dribbling into guys. Like, he had layups around Joel Embiid. He would not have done that two weeks ago. He would have just stayed around the perimeter. But just seeing some confidence. I mean, Josh Giddey's taking some tougher shots. He's got that floater, which looked really nice. I love that floater. Shea has the same one. and But overall, you know, it's a loss. They lose by 12, 115-103. But this game was really entertaining, and you could see some of how fun this team can be just getting up and down the floor with a bunch of young guys. It was definitely. It was, it was also great seeing the fans in the arena just bringing that energy. I understand this was like the first time since COVID. The since Utah, yeah, exactly. The Utah since the uh, PC PC was uh, packed like that, so it was just great to see just overall energy and just bringing regular season Thunder basketball back in back into the city. So it was great. No, for sure. On top of that, I mean, Shea even mentioned that the crowd was a big energizer in getting them back in that run. I think they had an 11-0 run in the third quarter or fourth quarter. But the Thunder, as much as it was 
the 76ers kind of keeping them at arm's di- uh, arm's length, arm's distance. The Thunder kept fighting, kept coming back, which that's what you want to see. You don't want to see these losses where they lose by 30, 40, or even the 20s. You want them to show some fight and get out there and play meaningful basketball, even if there is a bunch of losses in the process. And me personally, I feel like we saw that last night. That was a win in my book. Right. The way they played, I mean, it's kind of cheesy to say like moral victories and whatever, but other than a W... Everything else that you would have wanted happened that night, and that's why I love you. Love to see it. So people got to understand it's a marathon, not a sprint. No, so. no, long game. And then um, moving on, the Thunder will play the Golden State Warriors once again in Oklahoma City on Tuesday night. What are you uh, looking to, I guess, watch for or important things that Thunder fans should look for? All right, now I understand that we saw what the younger Curry brother is capable of. Mm-hmm. So there should be no surprises when we go up against Steph. Right. Okay, so I, as soon as the ball goes up for tip-off, I expect Dort to take take on that assignment for guarding Curry. That's going to be a great matchup to see. Also, we get to see two guys who are early candidates in, to win Most Improved Player of the Year this season in Jay Poole and SGA. So it's going to be great to see those two compete and showcase that, you know, I'm a high-level talent in the league and that I'm going to make a leap this season and showcase that, you know, I have the capability of hooping whenever I want to. And also I feel like another underrated uh, thing to watch for would be a matchup at the four spot. You got – Draymond Green going up against Darius Baisley. That should be exciting to watch. I mean, Bays has been showcasing that, you know, he's not afraid of anything or anybody. So, I mean, you you saw that when he tried to go up against Embiid last night and just being able to go, go up aggressive and just attack in the rim, that should be great to see how he matches up with another great defensive presence like Draymond. And hopefully the Thunder can secure their first win at the PC. But overall, this should be a fun matchup to watch between these two teams. No, for sure. I had something kind of similar of I want to see how the Thunder guard the three-point line and build off a nice uh, team game yesterday. Because especially, you know, we've mentioned they play Rudy Gobert night one. Game two, they play Christian Wood. Game three, they play Joel Embiid. And this team doesn't really have a center of the future right now. I mean, there's some young guys who we like. Derek Favors is solid. But there's nobody who you can, you know, write home about and you're, like, really, really excited about yet. So I'm excited to see the Thunder play against a team who also doesn't have, you know, a dominant center. And, like, Kevon Looney is nice. He does his job. But he's not Joel A Embiid. superstar. He's bit. not an all-star bit. He's not going to go out there and give you 20 and 20, 20 and 10 or whatever. Draymond the same way. So I wonder how a lot of these Thunder guys guard the perimeter. And um, I mentioned I liked how much the Thunder got out and ran yesterday. You're going to get a lot of opportunities like that against Golden State who want to get up and down as well. But you mentioned it. It'll be Dort versus Curry. See what happens. That'll be the biggest storyline of the game. Um, but I don't even think you're going to see any Golden State young guys play. Kaminga has been hurt. And then Wiseman, I don't think, has been hurt but hasn't even played. And then there's been some... Kendrick Perkins, Moses Moody. Moody, 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 Moody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's gotten a few minutes here and there. But it's really more of a veteran team when you look at it. They have Bielitsa, uh, the Splash Brothers, even though Clay's not playing. Jordan Poole is probably their youngest guy. Kevon Looney, like we mentioned, has played in the finals. Draymond Green, Andre Gudala, Bielitsa, Kent Bazemore. A lot of vets on that team. I think it'll be a good matchup for the Thunder. But 
Um, only time will tell, I guess. We'll see what happens. It's definitely going to be great energy on tonight, tomorrow, and it's just going to be exciting to watch. Okay. I wanted to talk about this, about okay. tanking for a second, okay. because I know some people in the national media were clowning the thunder and saying some different things. Um, you got something you want to get off your some, chest, bro? Yeah. There were some blue checks out there saying some things okay. about the Thunder are uninspired and they're just losing games and they're just wasting guys' careers and different things like that, which I think is just a dumb thought because it's just blatantly not true. Like some of these things where they're like, oh, I feel so bad for Shea. Shea just signed a five-year extension worth over like $200 million. You think he wasn't in on like knowing this team is rebuilding and they're getting a bunch of young guys? Because he is. He's mentioned it in press conferences, but for the casual People on Twitter who's like watch the highlights and see the Thunder down by 20 to the uh, Rockets and the Jazz don't know what's going on. But my question for those teams is, uh, for those people, is how do you want the Thunder to rebuild? Because traditionally there are only three ways to rebuild your roster. Free agency, not going to happen in Oklahoma City. It's not in a mean way. It's just there are only like five or six markets that can actually get free agents. Miles, you know this being from Florida. Miami's one. L.A., New York. Even Chicago hasn't even got really anybody. You have to be specific markets. Second is trade. The Thunder can make trades. They have all these picks, but even then, you have to have the other team say yes. Third is the draft. And that's where the Thunder are capitalizing and saying, this is where we're putting all our eggs in this basket, and which I am not really mad about, because can you tell me another GM, Miles, who's drafted three straight MVPs? Can't think of anything off top, no. No. In any league, in any sport, ever. But Sam Presti did. Did it work? No. But the same people who questioned Josh Giddy were the same people who questioned if Russell Westbrook was the right pick, who were the same people who questioned if James Harden was the right pick, who questioned Sabonis, Reggie Jackson. You can go down the line. Sam Presti knows more about basketball than us. I don't think that's a hot take. So my question for these team, for these people who are mad at the Thunder about, I guess, valuing development, because they're playing the long game is why are you mad at that and then not mad at these teams who are just rudderless and directionless like Minnesota, Sacramento, Cleveland, New Orleans, who have all been bad basically since the 90s, and nobody talks about it because they're just they're trying their best, Miles. They're trying their best, but they're just too dumb to get out of their own way in a lot of ways and fix these teams. Sacramento has been trying to get into the playoffs since Chris Webber was on that roster. They have been trying to get in. But, you know, I've... Also saw somewhere else, they're like, well, how many rebuilds actually work? How many rebuilds actually work? A lot of rebuilds, most of the teams that are good right now have been rebuilds. Golden State, Memphis, Denver, Utah. Um, Dallas is sort of a rebuild. It was just the Luka pick. But most of the teams, the Bucks, Philadelphia, um, Atlanta, all rebuilds, all built through the draft and guys who they got. The only real exceptions are Yes, title winners, but those title winners are just wherever LeBron and Kevin Durant decided to go to. So if you're banking on, oh, we're just going to sign Kevin Durant in free agency, that does not happen. You, it didn't matter what the Nets looked like. He just happened to want to go to Brooklyn. Same with LeBron. If, they weren't, if it was the Lakers and they were located in Kansas, he wasn't going there. It was the fact that it was in Hollywood where he get all this money, get all this stuff. So I don't know, but... It just gets me really irritated when people talk about tanking and act like this is the Philadelphia 76ers with the process because it's not. There are veterans on this team like Mike Muscala, Derek Favors, Kenrich Williams, Gabriel Deck, 
Whereas with Philadelphia, they were just guys on a stat sheet and just numbers who were trying to lose as many games as possible. The Thunder is about development. And if you're thinking, it's like, oh, well, these guys need to win. They need this and that. Everybody on the roster, other than those guys who I mentioned, and then um, Darius Baisley, Shea, Dort are all in their first couple of years. Darius Baisley's played in the playoffs. Dort played in a game seven of the playoffs and guarded James Harden for an entire series. Shea has been to the playoffs twice. So if you're worried about them getting some winning experience, they've already had it. So if they have to lose for one more year, I don't think it's a big deal. But thank you for letting me get this out here. Are, I'm done for now. Are you... Let's take a break. Ooh, I was... Like he's a rescue waste, mission. Like he's, yeah. he's wasting his time and talent in OKC, blah, blah, blah. No, no one's mad at San Antonio for having... Can you name one potential all-star on San Antonio's roster? Because I can't. I don't know who they're building around, but they're, they're trying their best miles. So that's, you know, that's honorable. Unlike the Thunder, who are going to lose for two years so they can bounce back and be a winner long-term. How is that worse than Minnesota year after year after year pushing all their chips in just to be the 10th best team in the West? Like, you know, it's like, it's like a vacation. So you could say, you know, I have a small budget. I'm going to take like a one-day vacation and just go somewhere. Not very nice, but it's a vacation, so it's nice. Or you can say, I'm going to save for a long time, like the Thunder are saving, and you can go somewhere really, really nice. Call me crazy, but I'd rather take the really nice vacation and eat ramen for a couple weeks and cereal or whatever to save up for something like that. And, and that's what the Thunder are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't go for immediate gratification. If you want to win a championship, if you want to be a contender, this is the way, this is how you do it. It's not, you know, there are plenty of teams in NBA history who just, they get lucky. They get a trade here, they get a trade there. The Thunder got lucky with some of these things like um, Josh Giddy falls to six and looks like he could be one of the three best players in this draft. Shea is just an add-on in the Paul George trade and looks like he could be an all-star some game, someday. They get all these picks. They trade Russell Westbrook, who's a worse player than Chris Paul, and get picks back. And Sam Presti is just, for a lot of these people, I even saw somebody who tweeted something really dumb. They're like, he's just trying to protect his job and like further down the timeline. If Sam Presti got fired today... There would be 10 teams lined up tomorrow in Oklahoma City to hire him who already have GMs. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's a dumb argument from people. And I felt the need to call them out, set them in their place, and let them know like the Thunder are rebuilding and that's okay. And then um, bouncing back to something that you said, you know, some cities are not for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. But a lot of these guys, you know, you're making millions of dollars and then you're only here for 
six months out of the year. Russell Westbrook went back and lived in L.A. during the offseason. You can do it. It's not a big deal. And it's not like every game is at home. That's what I'm saying. You're traveling half the time. No, you just have an apartment here, and you go and live wherever after you're done. Plenty of players do it. Even uh, LeBron, when he was playing in Cleveland, would go back to Miami or go to L.A. It's not a big deal. So, you know, it's not just all about big markets. Small markets can win. You just different markets play by different rules and how they have to go about winning. Exactly, man. But going off what you said, impressed do we trust? Impressed do we trust forever? I, I feel like four to five years from yeah. now. Yeah, it's kind of a catch-22 because if you're good enough at your job, you're going to be there for a while. But if you're there long enough, you're going to make mistakes. But if you draft over 50%, like hitting in the draft, that is insane because the draft, as you and I both know, is a crapshoot when you're trying to evaluate 18-year-olds and how good they're going to be at 27. <laughs> Yet Sam Presti has somehow managed to do that over and over and over. Have there been misses? Absolutely. Cole Aldridge was a miss. Terrence Ferguson was a miss. Yeah. Uh, Perry Jones III was a miss. Josh Husis was a miss. But I will take those every day whenever you have the hits are Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Josh Giddy, uh, Lou Dortz undrafted. You can just go down the line of a bunch of important players. But if you, you can't look at just one for just the hits, and you can't just look at the misses. you got to have the whole holistic, full-picture view of this. That's bars right there. All right, uh, let's move sorry. on. To the, let's move on to the <laughs> NBA here. Um, there are quite a few undefeated teams. Let me. Uh, well, there actually are quite a few undefeated teams right now. I was wondering for you, who will stay undefeated the longest? Warriors have been on a roll right now. I mean, when the Warriors played the Kings, not even Davion Mitchell was able to give Curry an off night as he went and dropped 27, 10, and 7 and secured the dub, moving to a 3-0 record. And the Warriors are just looking real scary right now. Mm-hmm. And mind you, this is this is without Clay. When Clay comes back, it might be wraps for the rest of the league. I'm just being honest with you. But as you look at their schedule these next few days, they face the Thunder tomorrow, the Grizzlies on Thursday, and the Thunder again at the Bay on Saturday. I f- feel like they might be the last. They have a good chance to go yeah, 3-0 you know, in that stretch. Most definitely. But in terms of undefeated teams, like I mentioned, Chicago, Golden State, and Charlotte are all 3-0. Charlotte, in fact, is 3-0 for the first time in franchise history, which is incredible. Mellow Ball, the golden child, yeah. he does it, baby, you feel me? And then teams 2-0 and are Utah, Minnesota, Washington, and Denver. So there are only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven undefeated teams left, which is pretty crazy. That is wild. When nobody's played more than three games. Yeah. But I'm going to go in a, a different direction than the Warriors. I like them. I had them as a team I considered. But I'm going to take the Denver Nuggets with the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. Uh, their next few games are against the Cavs tonight, the Jazz tomorrow, the Mavs, and the Wolves. I think that they take care of business on all of those. All of those. I think they're just a really well-built team. Uh, we've talked about Michael Porter Jr. He looks like he's finally 
added some playmaking. I think he had four or five assists the other night. But I just really like how Denver is constructed and how they play as a team, and I think they're just really hard to beat in the regular season. The you gotta understand with a high level player like Jokic, it's it's rare to have a big man like that to see the floor the way he does, pass the ball the way he does, and just be able to score the basketball at, at will. It's just great to see, especially considered how he's not the most athletic player in the league right now. Him still being able to dominate with the Uncle Bud, it's it's just crazy to see. Yeah, no, he's not the most athletic guy, but he is so smart and so skilled that he can just beat a bunch of these guys. I mean, can you name me three guys who can guard Nikola Jokic in the NBA? I'll go with I'll go with Embiid. Okay. I'll go with – because Rudy Gobert has been torched for like the last three right, years. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't even mention him. Let's let's go with ooh DeAndre Aiden. Aiden. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say Aiden, and maybe ugh Giannis, possibly. I think that's about it. So, Lou Dort also. No, no, Lou not Dort Lou is Dort for this. Lou Dort is Lou Dort. You feel me? He okay. does this. He's honorable mention. We'll, yes. we'll leave it at three. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, Jokic is incredible. When you have one of those guys like you mentioned with Steph or Jokic here, who are just basically unguardable, you're gonna have a pretty good chance to win. Most definitely. And just a well-built roster, great coach in Michael Malone and Steve Kerr in Golden State. But only time will tell. I'm sure we'll revisit this to see what happens. We might even talk about which team will go winless the longest. Fingers crossed that's not the Thunder. Or maybe fingers crossed we hope it is. Just get to keep you on your toes. That's that's what's called a tease in the business, Miles. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. exactly. Giving you some inside looks here. Um, <laughs> you know, we mentioned it last year talking about the top 75. And a lot of people are upset talking about snubs. So I want to ask you, who is a snub? And then on top of that, we're not going to do all this, like, soft stuff where you say, oh, so-and-so should be on the list. you got to take somebody off the list. This is not going to be like whenever LeBron says Devin Booker should be an all-star and then doesn't say who should not be an all-star and replace. Yeah. Okay. Tell me who you're putting on and who you're taking out. Man, listen. <laughs> T-Mac should have been on the list. That's my first Give one. me the case. If you watch film on him in his prime, this man was Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant. We're talking about 6'8", wide regard, averaged 20-plus points a game for almost a decade, and his ability to rise above his defenders and score anywhere on the court at will was just unmatched. I mean, even the late great Kobe Bryant said that T-Mac was one of the hardest players he had to guard. And just his talent overall, like as a player, like a healthy T-Mac is one of the best scorers that we've seen in today's game. I mean, that's that's it. I rest my case on that, though. No, it's a hard discussion because he is so talented and has done so much. But at the same time, he never made it out of the first round as one of the main guys. I think he, he made it to the finals later whenever he was like a bench warmer for the Spurs, Spurs trying yeah. to get a ring. But as the guy did make it out of that, and I think that has to matter at some point. I mean, help matters, and if he didn't get enough help in a lot of those years like he didn't in Orlando, then that sucks. But at the same time, if you're one of the greatest players of all time, you got to be able to win a first-round series. But who are you taking off for T-Mag? I have two though. I have I have another one. Oh, you have one. another one? Yeah. So. You're not done. My yeah, bad. I'm not done. You okay. feel me? Yeah. yeah. Another guy who should have <laughs> made the list. Clay Thompson. Feel me? We are talking about one of the greatest shooters in our game today. No. Hold up. Scratch that. Forget forget today's game. We're talking about all all time. You dig? 
he's up there with this, in the same conversation as his teammate Steph, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. And the list continues. But, I mean, come on, y'all. This is the same dude that splashed 14 trade balls in the game. Mm-hmm. He dropped 37 in a quarter. Like, my guy's been stamped. So, I mean, I feel like the rest of the league is chipping for taking this man for – not, for not putting this man on the list. And he made it publicly known that, you know, once I come back, it's over. Like, I'm going to prove y'all wrong that I should have been on this list. He's definitely top 25. He believes that, and so do I. I believe it too. He was one of my guys. Did you see Steph's uh, Instagram video where they showed Clay's locker room and they, because you know it's top seventy-five, but they had seventy-six because it was a tie. Uh-huh. So Clay was all upset that he didn't make it, and they put a jersey in his locker room that said Thompson. It was number seventy-seven, <laughs> and Clay has been wearing that thing around, yelling about how he's the seventy-seventh <laughs> best player in the wor- of all time, and I am here for it. Clay oh Thompson, God. I just love to death. We are Clay believers here. If you hate Clay Thompson, you you just hate your own mom. Yeah, I'm you just hate being puppies. Honest. You like, hate what's wrong with you that? hate ice cream too. You hate Chick Fil A. Right, <laughs> get out of here. But yeah, Clay, he's already got three rings. He is like whenever you th- picture what a three and D player should look like, it's Clay Thompson. He knocks down every shot, and then he goes on the other end and guards the best player all the time. And on top of that, how, can you name me another player who can score 50 points in a game off 10 dribbles? Chirps. None. Chirps. That's what's so crazy is that you can be a third option like Clay, which not in a disrespectful way because, you know, I mean, whatever KD you're, and when Steph. you're playing behind, yeah, those two guys, who cares? Like, I'll be the third option on that. Exactly. But, um, yeah, Clay goes out there and still averages 20, playing like at a 50, 40, 90 level, guarding the other team's best player. It's just insane. And I'm – you mentioned he's one of the best shooters of all time. I think he's the second best shooter of all time. Yeah. Right behind Steph. But um, He's definitely top three. Definitely top three. But, who um, are you going to take off for those guys with T-Mac and Clay? Okay. As I'm looking at the list, I'm going to have to take off Billy Cunningham. Billy Cunningham. What are we attacking I mean, Billy Cunningham for? I mean, making the All-Star game four times, ABA, MVP, it's, it's just isn't enough. I'm, I'm sorry. I just – I'm sorry, I can't get behind that. There are other players that have done more that deserve to put be put on this list. And another take, another player I'm taking off would have to be Dave Bing. This is a seven-time All-Star, one-time scoring champ. That's cool and all, but T-Mac and Clay have better accolades than these two who I named. So that, I don't know no if, disrespect to them, though. I don't know if T-Mac does. Clay definitely does. But it's it's a hard argument because a lot of these things are just era-dependent. Uh-huh. Like, there, I've heard some people talk about Bob Cousy versus Kyrie, where they say that Kyrie is so much more talented, but Bob Cousy had to learn everything for everyone. There wasn't any YouTube videos, Miles, of like how to, <laughs> like dribble, how to dribble the ball and stuff. There weren't any like elite training coaches. It's just... Guys from the 60s and 70s trying to figure out how to play basketball on the fly. And you have to, I think it's kind of hard. It, it is hard. It's not kind of hard. It is to then grade some of these guys because there are a lot of players that I think most players in this league could play in any era. But in the, you go back to the 50s and 60s, I don't think a lot of those guys could play now. But it is still important to honor the heritage and history of this league and those guys who set the ground for the guys playing now. Most definitely. So no disrespect to the guys that I dropped from the list, but we do respect what you did for the, for the for the league and just setting that standard and just 
Seeing, without, how it's, seeing how the game has been elevated over the years. Yeah, without Larry Bird, without Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, Kareem, Will, there is no LeBron playing today. Most definitely. But, so um, we got to pay yeah, respects who, to those guys. Who are you putting on the list? Uh, so I mentioned Clay was one of them, and the other one is Superman Dwight Howard should have been on the list. Really? No matter what you think about him personally, because, you know, Dwight rubs people the wrong way. People he does. don't like his jokes. Yeah. But – I think uh, let me let me look up the accolades really quick because Dwight Howard. It's a lot though. It's a lot. That's why you have to look him up. <laughs> you don't get him off the top of your head. But um, I have him over Anthony Davis. I would Whoa. have. I don't think that's even hot. I don't think that's a hot take. That's kind of steamy though. Is it? <sighs> wow. I mean, these two did go at it the other night. You they think did. That, you they think that talking, was the issue? Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Dwight was kind of like upset that you know he should have made the list over AD. You think that should have been it? Dwight Howard was the best player on a finals team, and he went head to head with LeBron, beat prime LeBron in a series. He was the reason that Kobe and Braun never played yeah. each other in finals. So and then went and played a four, I think it was five or six game series against the Lakers. In a lot of ways, this pace and space where you have one big guy down there, and it's a lot of threes just running around him to space the floor for him to get easy post ups. The Magic started that yeah. with Stan Van Gundy when they had Rashard Lewis, Hito Turkoglu, Jason Richardson. Um, J.J. Redick, a J. young J.J. Redick. J. J. Redick. Redick. Uh, Rashard Lewis. They had shooters. Rashard Lewis. Um, some of the other guys I'm trying to think of just on the tip they of my tongue. Ray Michael Petrus. Michael Petrus. Uh, Marcin Gortat. They had a really good roster. No, for that real. That opened the way that how a lot of teams play today. So I think that needs to be talked about. On top of that, he is an NBA champion. He won in the bubble with the Lakers a few years ago. He's an eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA honoree. Mm. So eight years of your career, you were a top 15 player. That's insane for somebody who gets talked about like this. He was the best center in the league from after Shaq, basically, to Embiid and Jokic now. He was the best center in the league, and it wasn't really a contest. There was a couple years where it was like, maybe Andrew Bynum, but not really. Uh, I understand there's more accolades. Keep going for the yeah. people at home. Five-time all-defensive team member. Mm. There are only two teams on defense, uh, and they all-defense team, and I know he was first team on all of those because he was also three-time defensive player of the year, which there are not many guys who have done that. I think it's like Bill Russell, Ben Wallace, and maybe a couple others. That's pretty elite company. And now, now we'll talk about AD. Okay. Because AD is really talented, but – One of the best – fours that we've seen in the, in today's game. He's one of the most skilled forwards ever, yes. for sure. But at some point, it can't be just about potential. It has to be about what you've done. And outside of when he's been with the Lakers, he has not done much. You look at some of those Pelicans teams, and you think, oh, they're so dysfunctional. But if you look at the roster, they had Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday for a lot of those yeah. years. They had guys like Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon. When they Julius had Boogie. Randall. Yeah, Boogie. Uh who else did they have? They had Julius Randle for some time. And I'm just saying, if you're a superstar, if you're a top 75 player of all time, you can get those guys to the playoffs. Think of any of those other guys during that time. Russell Westbrook, is he getting those guys to the playoffs? Absolutely. Most definitely. He, he drugged those guys whenever he won the MVP with the Thunder. He drugged a bad roster, as much as I love those guys, to the playoffs. James Harden is getting those guys there. Paul George, Steph Curry. Um, KD, KD, LeBron. Uh Embiid, Jokic, you can just name the list of guys, and Anthony Davis didn't. And that's just the fact of the matter. And he hasn't won. He was the defensive anchor for that championship team and looked like the best player in a lot of ways. But he hasn't done anything without LeBron, and I think he needs to 
at least show something like that before I can put him on a list as great as the top 75 players of all time. Wow. But, I mean, we're cutting hairs here. I mean, yeah. it's, it's literally the top 75 players of all time. There have been thousands of players in there. So you have to make hard decisions. You have to say what matters. And for me, I think that Dwight has just accomplished more than Anthony Davis, but it's more of a reputation thing. Okay, I understand you put – a, you put Dwight in place of AD. Yeah. Who are you taking out for to put in Clay? I, I say either guy for AD. I just don't want. I don't think AD should be on there. <laughs> you can put either guy on there instead of him. It doesn't really matter. Dang, that's tough. But I mean, tough, there are plenty of other guys who deserve to be on there. Tony Parker didn't make it. Yeah. Manu Ginobili didn't make it. That's with Tim Duncan. That's the most uh, the winningest trio in NBA history. I think that has to matter. But that's just how hard it is. Not every, somebody's going to be disappointed. Somebody's going to be upset. I mean, you have guys like, you know, Clay was really upset. Kyrie was upset. There are a bunch of guys. Vince Dwight Carter. Howard, Vince Carter was upset. Dwight Howard was upset. There are plenty of guys. Okay, actually, if we're going to put Clay on, I'll take Paul Pierce off. <laughs> That's fair. Considering, you know, he's been disrespecting D Wade, saying, I, I'm better than him. I had a better career. I, I respect that. Me being a D Wade fan, I, I'll take that. Yeah, for sure. And then what else we got going on? We have a picks update. Okay. So Let them know. Mr. Miles Hartman is, yes, sir. is three and one. Yes, sir. Whereas I am two and two. I picked the Mavs to beat the Hawks. I was wrong about that. Miles picked that correctly. And we both picked the Warriors over the Clippers, which leaves us, as I said, Miles three and one, me at two and two. But we do finally have a permanent spot for these picks, which is on the Monday pod. We will be picking the TNT doubleheaders on Tuesdays every single week. So you can just plan that out now. You can keep the score in your head. We're, like we talked about, leave some suggestions. You know, uh, Michael on sports. Miles, what's your Twitter? At MilesTV underscore. Or at Thundergrads Podcast. You know, uh, tweet us something that you have an idea for. Whoever lose, what the punishment could be. Or maybe it's a reward for the winner if we're just trying to be nice. But yeah, I, I just, don't think we are. Just, just give us some ideas, man. Yeah, no, you. we're always open to it. But the picks for today for Tuesday's games are the 76ers versus the Knicks and the Nuggets Jazz. And we'll start off with 76ers Knicks. Who you got in that one? I got an upset alert. Really? I got the Sixers going in and getting the dub. That's an upset? In New York. Yes. The process, he's just not afraid of the big moment, playing in the Mecca, playing in front of that intense crowd, and showcasing that he is one of the greatest bigs to play in the league right now. It's going to be exciting to him and go, going up against Julius Randle and both of them exchanging buckets with each other is going to be great to see. Seth Curry's confidence shooting the ball is through the roof right now, and he's going to be a key piece to secure the win against New York. And also, you're gonna, it's going to be great to see uh, these ex-Kentucky Wildcat teammates and Tyrese Maxey and Emmanuel quickly go at it. These are two talented, elite guards that can knock down shots whenever they can and make those around them better on better on, whenever they're on the court. So it's just going to be great to see that um, these two teams go at it, most definitely. I've also got Philadelphia in that one. I mean, the Knicks I like. I think this could be even a potential playoff matchup between these two teams. You get like a 3-6, 4-5 type thing. But – I've got Philadelphia. Joel Embiid's the best player. I'm going to go with that more times than not. That usually, you know, helps your case. You have the best player. And then on top of that, the Knicks lost last night to the Orlando Magic, which that's not good. And this was after that viral video of Knicks fans. Did you see that? Yeah, bing bong. That bing bong. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and they got just destroyed by Cole Anthony, who had some crazy stat line that's only been done by Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, or something like that, where he had like 25, 5, and 5 uh, with five threes made or something just ridiculous. Cole Anthony's a bucket, though, for real. He can but. score, that's for sure. And then on top of that, let's get to the nightcap of the doubleheader, which is Nuggets Jazz. Who do you have in that one, Miles? I'm going to continue rocking with this Jazz team. Okay. This was actually the second team I had to be the last team to lose a game behind the Warriors. Mm -hmm. And when you look at this roster, it's just this team has great chemistry. It's just a talented backcourt and Mike Conley and Spider at the helm. A great defensive presence inside the paint and Rudy Gobert. Solid role players like Clarkson. You got guys like Ingles, Bogdanovich. And how they're able to move the ball on the offensive side and create open shots for their teammates and making their opponents on the defensive end of the floor is just something special to watch. It's, it's going to be great. I understand that Denver has last year's MVP in Jokic like we talked about, but the pieces around him like Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, and P.J. are going to have to step it up big time if they want to secure the Secure an upset win in front of a rowdy Utah Jazz fan base. So that's what I got. What you got, be Mike? I'm going to have to disagree. So I'm either going to be down two or we're going to be tied right. on Thursday. Okay. So we can't keep, uh, we, we don't like it. We don't like to keep the same picks. That's no, boring. No. Mm -hmm. No, I had Denver regardless of what you were going to say. Okay. But uh, I've got the Jazz, uh, not the Jazz. Sorry. Uh, are you, no. You jumping ship? Hey, you jumping ship? What happened, give me, bro? Give me a second. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> let, all me, right. let me just think about it. Okay. The Denver Nuggets, Miles. I am all the Are way you sure? in. I am sure. This is my final I'm answer. Positive. I'd like to lock it in. Okay. Everything. All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've got Denver MVP and Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. playing better. This is really going to be a game that's going to come down to the wire. But I just think Denver gets this solely off the fact that their best player in Nikola Jokic just gives Rudy Gobert problems, and I think. Whenever you give a guy like that problems, who's, their entire defense is based on funneling to Rudy Gobert. But if your funnel's having problems, then that opens up everything for everybody else. I still think that there's some, there's some things left over from that 3-1 comeback that they had in the bubble over the Jazz and some different things. And I'm sure Utah's tired of hearing about Denver and they're the new startup and all these things whenever they're like, hey, we have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and we have all these nice role guys like Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich and Clarkson Clarkson and Mike Conley and Royce O'Neal and then uh, your guy Hassan Whiteside is back don't, in don't, Gobert. Don't do that. Don't do that. But there's <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that, there are two really nice teams is okay. what I'm trying to yeah, get at. Yeah, that's fair. A that's lot fair. of NBA caliber talent. Uh, Jared Butler, who you actually do like. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Baylor, Baylor Bears, man. Sick em, baby. Sick em. Yeah. But um, 76ers, Knicks, we both have the 76ers and the Nuggets, Jazz. We are split with me with the Nuggets and you with the Jazz. But we'll be back on Thursday to figure that one out. Um, but I want to say thank you so much for listening. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, five stars. We are on Apple now. I, find, I have figured it out. Okay. But just be patient with us. We're still learning all these things, like, you know, audio, different things. But we're going to get it better, get it right. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Miles, what do you have to say before we get out of here? Hey, be sure to follow us on IG at Thundergrads and Twitter at the Thundergrads to stay up to date on all of our latest content and push the social push the socials. But other than that, we are the Thundergrads. You are now dismissed from class.